This is season two of the Truth and Transformation podcast, raw, real, unedited, no fluff. Grab your headphones if you've got little ones around you because this is not for children. We talk about sex, emotions, relationships, any shit that gets you down, we go there. I'm your host, Kirsty D. Let's go. Hello, 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 lovelies. Today I want to talk about self-sabotaging, self-worth, the motherhood wound, and I want to go through um, parenting and my experience. Whether you're a parent or not, these things are all linked, so I feel like this conversation is going to be super, super, super valuable. Um, so let's just dig straight into it. I've never really... Um, I Of course I talk about, um, you know, being a mum and stuff on the podcast, but I've never really dive really deep into you know a deep discussion of what parenting and stuff has been like for me and it's really all linked to self-sabotaging stuff which is basically us trying to protect ourselves because of hurts and stuff in the past I've never really spoken about the motherhood wound which you know most most of us have the motherhood wound is whether whether you're a parent or whether you're not a parent, we all have mothers. Even if our mothers have passed, even if we didn't know our um, mother, like we all have mothers and we know that, you know, the way that they did things and the way they brought us up really, you know, it really shapes a lot to do with our um, confidence and how, you know, worthy we feel our self-worth because we're all worthy, but you know, we all, you know, we all don't always, you know, feel worthy of, you know, the things that we want or the things we desire, something we all have conditioning around. And um, we all at times will self-sabotage, aka, like self-protect ourselves, probably unconsciously. So I really, really want to dig into this today. And as I say, whether you're a parent or not, I feel like this is going to be a really, really super valuable conversation to help you to understand why you may feel some of the things that you feel might help you understand your relationships with your um, family, your parents, your in-laws, and also any current relationships you have. Because what happens is we often take these um, conditionings and these um, fears and these any self-esteem um, stuff that we have and any you know confidence stuff that we have around certain things. We often take these things with us from our past and from how we were raised and how our parents did things and I particularly want to talk about the motherhood wound because that's such a strong one because what we know now is that you know we carry kind of like you know in our you know I don't know the technical science behind it but like I think it's in our DNA, like up to, you know, seven generations. So like when you're in the womb, you already have like the eggs of like, you know, if you have, um, you know, kids and then they have kids and like, um, like obviously you carry your eggs and as you, like you're literally born, um, with the eggs that you'll have to, you know, have children and stuff. So like whilst, um, you know, you're in your mother's tummy, like you're also carrying the eggs for when you have children so they're like it's like a weird way to think of it but like whilst like you're in your mother's tummy she also has the eggs of like her grandchildren in there like it's kind of mind-blowing to think that you you already have your eggs um and we know because of that there is so much um you know we carry so much so our so the motherhood wound is really about 
um, the way that we parent and the way we were parented and how that really, really shapes our lives. And of course, you know, um, our fathers do as well. But because, um, you know, we have this 10, most of us and not all of us, but again, that can be a wounding, um, you know, you like, well, of course, your mum's the one that's either going to have a C-section or going to birth you. She'll be the one, you know, that you'll either be breastfed or bottle fed. And, you know, I don't think it matters, you know, which one, you know, I think, again, we're so conditioned around like, um, you know, we know there's benefits to breastfeeding, but like the whole shaming around that, I think is like really messed up. I'm going to talk about that because I had, um, really not great experiences with breastfeeding and stuff which I think it's really important why we don't shame people and we just let people um you know do what's you know best for for themselves um and that's the point your mother will have probably been shamed her pretty much her whole life and probably was shamed in parenting what do I mean by shamed judged wrong basically told she was bad maybe not directly but indirectly and what this does is this causes this feeling of like not enough, which then passes down to us and it it like it continues, which sometimes means, you know, that that parent might have struggled to be present, to be emotionally available. Because here's the thing what's happening. You know, most of us have an, um, an inner child within us that hasn't had all their needs met, may have had some traumas and stuff. You know, like, I don't believe there's any human that's escaped that. So then when you're bringing a child into the world, and if you don't know you've got these things, or even if you do know you've got these things, they come out, they come out to play. And then what happens is, you know, everybody's like focused on you being a good mother, you being a good parent. And all of a sudden, your needs, you know, aren't thought of and you're just such and such as mum. Now, of course, because of the way that, you know, we're brought up and because of what I know, you know, about how much the stuff that happens to us as a child really, really impacts us, that is super important that, you know, the focus is, you know, um, on the child but also if we don't take care of the parent, if the parents needs, and obviously, of course, this is important for you know, fathers too. But the reason that I want to talk particularly today about motherhood and the motherhood wound, because they're the one that's, you know, um, carrying the child, you know, if there's any like breastfeeding, like you'll be breastfeeding that child, like, and there's just so much conditioning around what's expected of a woman. And yes, men have this too, but it's different. And I think if we don't acknowledge that and we don't, you know, um, like I talked about on the episode about um, power and stuff, like if we don't acknowledge this, we're going to keep creating all these traumas and stuff. I think it was like two episodes back. So check that one out. Um, we have to we have to talk about this and we have to look at this because if we don't, you know, we'll, we'll keep continuing with generational trauma, with people not feeling enough, with people feeling too much, with people thinking, you know, what what's wrong with me? Were people suffering with like mental health and like really struggling with their emotional well-being? Because so much is, and as I say, I don't know the exact science. I might have said something, you know, incorrectly there. But I do know that we carry a lot of generational um, traumas and stuff. And, you know, the the ins and outs are not so important, but it's it's the 
it's the the knowing that we have to start paying attention to um you know just looking at kind of mental health stuff and looking at unhealthy you know um family relationships like that will give you all all the evidence that you need that you know something's going on and for me it's it is this thing of like you know when I had my daughter she's 13 now and my daughter was like there's nothing that has broken me saved me and awake me all in one go like becoming a parent did like it literally and I've never really spoke about this kind of in detail maybe a little bit you know I've spoke before about you know how how you know parenting has been and like my biggest struggle in relationships have always been my biggest struggle and that's often the case with somebody who's had trauma and stuff um but like parenting for me was and as I say my daughter's like 13 now so I learned quite a bit and I've also got a son who's seven now um but parenting was the thing that like oh my gosh they just nearly broke me had really really um bad postnatal depression really really struggled but it also saved me and that probably isn't you know the healthiest thing but it's just true that that's what happened I'm gonna dig into that um in a moment and also the thing that um awoke me up to being like I don't want to keep living like this and I certainly don't want to pass this down to my daughter so what do I mean by that it broke me because I just found it so fucking hard and a lot of parents do and I I believe the parents that struggle the most are the parents that um whether they know it or not uh probably um have trauma and stuff often I think a lot of people have complex PTSD you know it's not something I've ever been diagnosed and obviously I not in a position where I could diagnose myself or somebody else but like complex PTSD is some it's like traumas that happen over a period of time and it's just like again I don't know the correct um diagnosis and stuff so you know if I'm saying anything incorrectly then I apologize but the point is it's not about perfection it's just about having these conversations it's just about opening up that kind of can but it's where you know something happens like multiple things happen rather than just one event over time and it's something that's very very hard to um understand and um distinguish and like people just end up thinking there's something wrong with them and often you know they'll just kind of suffer with you know mental health stuff or anxiety um you know depression or just really struggle in their relationships and stuff and now the more that I've learned about these things the more that I've got to know myself and looked at how I would deal with certain situations the more I'm like ah okay and the more that I digged into this and the more that I learned about this the more that I realized certain things that happened to me were very traumatic but because I was a child I didn't know that and it was only as an adult being in it I realized that and I so because of that you know I had my own sort of like inner child my own trauma that I wasn't aware of that I'd suppressed down that I'd pushed down of course there were certain traumas that I was aware of sexual trauma is something that you know you can't deny you know you know it's happened and again we can actually people do they suppress things and um they push it away and actually you can you can um sometimes we can have no memory of certain things there's definitely you know whole parts of my childhood that I can't remember but the sexual trauma is something that I like I can remember like it was like yesterday 
So I knew I had trauma, but there was all these other traumas that, you know, I've spoken about before. I wasn't aware that I had. And I think this is the same for a lot of people. It's only as they get older and they realize they keep having the same struggles again and again and again. And often parenting is a beast for for a lot of people and it really wakes them up. But you feel like you can't talk about it because you feel like people think, you know, we're so conditioned that it makes you bad or people think you don't love your child or like you're not somehow grateful because you know some people would love to have kids and they can't. So you know, often you feel like you can't really speak about how much you're struggling and how hard you're finding things. And this was something that I really struggled with. I felt like I could never say that I would look like such an ungrateful dick, that I would look like I didn't love my kids, that people would think, gosh, what's wrong with her? But I really, really, really struggled with parenting. It it, it, like literally, like when I had my daughter nearly broke me and I can remember thinking, how can you love somebody so much and like it be just so hard um I just remember just loving her so much and I love that I didn't even know was like like I just didn't even know this experience of like I just remember just being like I love you so much and just also like why is this so hard and I just found it so hard and because you know babies of course cry and they have needs and stuff and you haven't even met your own needs and if you haven't learned to regulate your own emotions which I hadn't when you know babies are crying and stuff like if it literally felt distressing to me like I I felt like there was something wrong I couldn't handle her crying um I really really struggled and I think you know now that you know I I look back at some of I look at some of my daughter's struggles and I think oh my gosh you know like I can see some of, you know, and without shaming myself or blaming myself, because this is the motherhood wound where we put everything on ourselves and we have to stop blaming ourselves for things, you know, and I also believe on a soul level that, you know, we chose our parents and so so with that um thinking that they chose us to learn things we have to trust their path as well but I know I give myself quite a hard time because the more I started learning about um trauma and conscious parenting and stuff I was like oh fuck I really did some things that were really unhealthy and you know now like really working on you know creating and none of these things were like conscious um you know none of these things were so-called like you know the bad um bad in quotes of like you know the stories you hear and stuff like nothing like that but just things that you know on on reflection you know just some of the ways that our parent just really weren't healthy and I really really struggled and as I say I can remember just thinking like oh my gosh I just love her so much and like and like why is this so hard I just felt like such a failure and I remember one time um putting her in a cot and she was crying and I I just walked out the room and closed the door and it's literally like you know when you see like a scene from a movie where like somebody like slivers down the wall and like just falls apart and just cries like I I can remember that and just having to walk away because I couldn't handle her crying anymore and I just broke down and I just thought like, I, I can't, I can't do this. And she, she had colic and she used to throw up all the time and she'd like, um, projectile vomit. And I had a really hard time in pregnancy. I ended up hospital like on three occasions. We found out two weeks before we due to get, um, married that I was pregnant and I was like really, really ill. And, um, 
like yeah just had a really hard time but and we went to Canada to get married and um we were having a like um a blessing in the UK so that all the family could be part of it and I didn't make it um I ended up collapsed and I was in hospital um so you had a really really rough pregnancy and the reason I want to talk about the motherhood wound is the conditioning that we're not enough and we have to please people and it's the conditioning around not trusting ourselves and basically all the way through my pregnancy through um breastfeeding everybody told me what I should do and what made me a good mom so down to like um you know how I should birth her you know um like down to you know um like breastfeeding like everything was told to me of like do this this makes you good and I can I was like as I said I was really really ill in my pregnancy and I was just gaslighted so much in my pregnancy. What does gaslighting mean? Because there's a lot of misconceptions around gaslighting. A lot of people think somebody's gaslighting if they just have a different opinion. That's not gaslighting. Gaslighting is when you deny somebody's reality. And um, But like most people will do that at times. We all do it unconsciously. The gaslighting that I'm... Um, and, and that is, you know, in itself very, very harmful. But the real dangerous gaslighting is when you somebody's purpose you're trying to make out like somebody's mad or you know invalidating them and most people don't do that on purpose so for me there was a lot of gaslighting in my pregnancy but I don't think it was done on purpose I think it was um done innocently but it's still very um dangerous when you you're not listening to that person you're not trusting that person to know to be in tune with our body and this happens you know all the time it's very much happening now so I can remember in literally in my um, pregnancy going to you know you go to to the classes to prepare you for labor and stuff and they were talking about like you know um like first time mums and like what labor can be like and you know how long it might be and I can remember one of the questions saying like oh um you know what if baby comes early and what if like and I don't mean like um premature early so basically if anyone doesn't know you're given a due date and I think it's like um obviously I had my babies quite a while ago like I say one seven one thirteen but I'm pretty sure your due date's like on when you're 40 weeks um but actually your cluster's like it's safe to have the baby anything from like 37 weeks to and I think after 42 weeks I think they really start pushing you to be induced and get the baby out um, rather than, you know, trusting the woman's body to like know and stuff. And I get why, because obviously, you know, things can go, you know, um, they start worrying and stuff. So I totally get why. Um, but we also know there's been problems around the procedures and them like, um, yeah, a lot of things have gone wrong with the interventions and stuff. So basically you know, one of the things that I said is like, oh, um, you know, what's the likelihood of, you know, a child coming before um, 40 weeks? So like after the 37, I wasn't talking about prematuring. And then remember, they just pretty much laughed. They were like, oh, it's your birth baby. Like that won't happen, which is ridiculous because it happens for a lot of people. Yes, a lot of people go um, over, but a lot of people don't. But I think I intuitively knew that my daughter would come a little bit early and she did she come 12 days early and they sort of just laughed at me and just made out like I was being ridiculous um and be just like oh gosh 
like young man what does she know and then I also said and they were talking about you know how labor can be like a really um, long time and to be um, prepared for that it can go on for ages and again I get why they do that preparing people who you know have these really really long labors I can't imagine how hard that is I never want to you know pretend I do of how hard and scary and traumatic and exhausting that must be but I think again I knew that that wouldn't be me my intuition told me but again we're told to ignore it and I said oh but what if you know um it you know things progress and happen quite fast and they literally just like <laughs> like that won't happen you're you know it just doesn't happen like that your first time mom and I've been like oh okay I remember thinking but what if it does and they were just like you know laughing at me and I don't think they meant any harm but like they did anyway surprise surprise um my daughter came before her due date and you know it was a pretty fast labor now when I'm um mean fast it was about 12 hours but like a very short period of going from like um like the real established bit where baby's coming out now um but the point is the the most of those 12 hours when I was in labor I was told that I wasn't in labor so I was like gaslighted but I knew I was so basically what had happened is and the reason I'm telling this story because it's all relevant around the motherhood wound the way you were parented and stuff um there's a real really point to this of why we self-sabotage self-esteem stuff the things that happen to us do affect us and um so basically what happened, I woke up in the morning and I can remember it and looking at the time it was 20 past eight and she was actually born like 20 past eight in the evening. So it was like pretty much like, like what well, was 12 hours bang on. Um, and I remember saying to my husband, I was like, I think I'm in labor. Can, can you ring the hospital? And he rang the hospital and they pretty much just laughed at him because he was like, oh, my wife thinks she's in labor. And they were like, if she was in labor, she'd know about it. And like, they just literally like, took the piss and we're just laughing and I was like I really think I'm in labor um so that was that and they just weren't interested whatsoever um so I was like so then I start quite oh maybe I'm not in labor maybe I'm just having Braxton Hicks like you know um I, I don't know you know that they're the experts they know and then obviously um later on I went and the, the plug was there so obviously I knew then it was in labor so my husband um, rang and said no the plugs came out like so you know she's in labor and they were like oh okay well she's gonna be ages you know first time mum and stuff so they very reluctantly came out to see me and then they did you know um and, and checked how far dilated I was and they were like oh you know she's only like you know one or two dilated you know she's going to be ages and I and I remember and I said to them I was and I I wanted to come to hospital because I've been scared so much um I just felt like being in hospital was like the safest place I realized actually that wasn't the case it wasn't the experience I actually had not a great experience in hospital with my son I created a home birth I had um hypnobirthing it was amazing and just a much nicer experience um but at this time I was really not trusting my body so I assumed being in hospital around doctor and around midwives and stuff would be better so I really want to go in hospital because I really had this feeling that it was going to progress like really really quickly um so now we like you know getting to sort of like you know later in the afternoon the evening and stuff and um so the midwife has like come out obviously very reluctantly as I say and she's like oh you know you're going to be ages and stuff and I was like oh, I'd really 
like to come into hospital you know I, I really feel like this is going to go quite quickly and again she just laughed and she was just like well we have spaces so you know if you want to come in you can but like basically stay at home and I'm so glad I trusted myself and I was like no 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 I, I really want to I want to come into hospital um so we we went into hospital and you know by this time it's like um evening time and I can really really feel like things um you know progressing and I'd gone from like not being hardly dilated to like pretty much babies babies coming and I was like you know I got to the hospital and I was telling them and they were just like basically making fun of me because obviously she checked me at home and like just wouldn't like listen to me and and one of the things she did agree to do was like to run the um the birthing pool and um basically was like okay well we'll you know we'll let that fill up um because it takes about 50 minutes and I think I was literally there about 50 minutes and like she was here so luckily it was just filled on time um so she did that for pain relief but like they didn't offer me any like pain relief or anything they basically just made out that like I was just being really dramatic and just just felt like they were just like laughing at me and not taking me very um very seriously and looking back now it was actually really traumatic but I'd pushed it down suppressed it because and I, I think I talked about this last week about how the dangerous thing of comparing our experiences so because I know people have like been in labor for like you know like days and days and days I always felt like I could never complain I could never say anything about my experience because I thought well you know um I didn't go overdue so I didn't have to you know um wait past my due date I did I wasn't in birth ages I didn't have to have an emergency c-section so I always felt like I couldn't talk about it like that it would be um like I just didn't want to um I felt like I was being a dick to people who've gone through those like experiences and stuff and what you know I've learned now is that even if you know somebody's had it you know a harder time than those like invalidating our stuff is just really mean to ourselves but also we start being mean to each other and doing that like nobody wants to win who had the most traumatic experience and I think that's what we've got to realize but I don't think I ever realized how traumatic it was until like I've looked back and now reflected on it um but they were just like you know um making fun of me, not taking me um, seriously, just like um, I was 22 when I had my daughter. So I feel like it was just very much like she's a young mom. She doesn't know what she's talking about. First time, she's just being dramatic sort of thing. And so anyway, you know, I'm in hospital and um, I basically like said to my husband, I was like, I need to go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet now. Um, So I'm like literally in hospital midwife's left me she's just like oh just you know like told my husband to stay with me get on with it like basically she's going to be ages yeah just you know let her just you know do whatever she's doing sort of thing so the midwife had left me and I remember being really distressed thinking like this baby's fucking coming (laughs) and I said to her husband I was like I need to go to the toilet and um I basically went to the toilet had the um anybody who's not had kids I um like this might be a bit too much information but we need to have these like real conversations um about these things so basically went to the toilet and obviously it's very very common that you know you'll basically have the biggest shit (laughs) before baby comes because like you know I I think the way I understand it is like the head's kind of pushing down kind of like on on your bowel might not be the experience for everyone but it's basically what's happened with both of my kids so I just had this urge I was like oh my gosh I need to go to the toilet like I'm gonna crap myself basically so like 
just you know all inhibitions kind of go when when you have you know a child and stuff and you just yeah it's just not it's not glamorous at all and I had to sit in my husband I was like I really need to go to the toilet and then just went to the toilet like just had the biggest like shit ever honestly I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast but I just want to like share what it was really like and I remember just being like uh, it was literally just you know like an arm <laughs> I was just like to the point where I was like was like I delirious like did like that actually come out of me my husband was just like yes yes like I witnessed it like I will <laughs> it's like that happened sort of thing but basically that happened and literally as soon as that happened so bear in mind I'm like over the toilet obviously like literally full established labor now not that the midwife would fucking know and um baby's crowning like the literal head is there coming out and I was like I was like I was like she's coming out and he was like what and he's like oh my fucking god I was like you need to get the midwife now so he has to leave me runs and gets the midwife who's just sat there drinking tea and biscuits and of course I know midwives have to have breaks and stuff but she's just there laughing you know and he was like she the baby's coming she's crowning she's over the toilet and she's just like what and he's like you need to come now and I think she just thinks like again lying to her basically so she comes and like obviously sees and she's just like literally like oh shit and like just presses this like button this alarm to call somebody else in now I don't know if they always do that like so maybe that's just like normal procedure but in my head I was just like oh my gosh something's wrong she's calling people in but I think she did panic I think she did think oh fuck I've messed up here um and what they have to do now because obviously baby's like literally coming out I can't move I can't walk there's like a head you know coming (laughs) coming out like crowning out so her the midwife and the husband like literally just like you know they both take an arm each and like they pop me into the birthing pool luckily it's it's ready like only like literally just and she comes out she's she's born and that whole thing could have been very different had they listened to me and I ended up because I I wasn't prepared like emotionally I'm this might have happened anywhere but I tore really bad had to have like you know I think it's like third degree um you know like to like to do stitches and stuff and like I never had any of that with my son and yes you could argue it's because you'd already had a child but I honestly think it was because I was listening to my body I was prepared like it was just so traumatic so then and then I can literally remember her head was like um this point her whole head was out more than crowning in in some in the birthing pool and like um you know like imagine so so like my daughter's head was like facing sort of um the the wall but she's like her body's in but her head sticking out so you know imagine like the walls I don't know like north and I'm like east that kind of like she's looking there and she literally turns to look at me so like I, I don't know like um yeah I don't know if this is making any sense and she literally turns while her her body is is like still in me but her head sticking out (laughs) like I'm looking down the water like between my legs she's there and she winks at me and honestly it was like she was winking at me to say you're in for a wild time with me sort of thing like I'd had a wild pregnancy the liver was obviously very dramatic and it's you know I swear she came here to wake me up because um and again, I thought, gosh, I'm like, 
I'm going delirious. Did that actually happen? I had to actually ask my husband afterwards. And he was like, no, no, she turned her head and winked. It was like some freaky kind of like alien kind of scene. Like, you know, her body's still in, but her head's sticking out. And she turns her head like, um, you know, as I said, like if you think of a clock from like 12 to 15, that kind of like angle and like looks at us or like, you know, north to east, that kind of. Yeah, I guess like 45 degree thing. I don't know if any of this is making sense. But she literally winks at me and then obviously she comes out. And basically what happens is I go into shock. I start shaking. Um, I can't hold her. And they're like, do you want to hold her? And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I just shake and I go into panic, which I know now is we shake when we go into trauma. Now, again, maybe there are some normal things that often happens when somebody's had a baby. But again, it didn't happen with my son. So I know these things don't happen. It happened because it was so traumatic it was like nobody listened to me the whole time so I started thinking oh you know I'm just being dramatic there's something you know this is just me but I but I knew I knew I was in labor and I didn't trust myself and this is where you know things like this the motherhood wound starts where we spend our whole lives, you know, people ignoring us and telling us not to to trust ourselves. And I know when my mum was pregnant with me, bearing in mind, we know how, you know, we carry the eggs in general. Like my mum lost her dad when she was pregnant with me. So I can only imagine just how traumatic that was. That and and you think about it, we're constantly um, telling you know women what makes them a good wife, what makes them a good mom. So we're basically always telling them to be inauthentic to themselves and to only put the baby's needs. Now, because of trauma, I know how important it is to take care of baby, but here's where it gets problematic, right? If your mom, also your dad too, but particularly we're going to talk about mums today because, as I said, they're the ones going through the labor and stuff they're the ones that will you know the pressure will be on whether they breastfeed or not they're the ones that you know generally will have to you know give up their careers you know like all of these things and as I say you know I know these things happen but like you get the point they're the ones that will um usually you know provide or they're expected to provide a lot of the nurturing and what we get taught is like you know straight away you kind of in society you almost lose your anxiety identity you become somebody's mom but you don't stop becoming human so you still have your own needs your own emotions your own wants now what happens when we just focus on the baby and as I say that's super important we have to do that to stop you know traumas and mental health and things to continue but if you don't work with the parent traumas and stuff will keep continuing and one of the things that, you know, really happened for me as I started learning about conscious parenting and stuff. So now I'm talking about like, you know, in the last um, couple of years, I started just really re- realizing, you know, all of the things that, you know, like I probably weren't healthy that I'd done. And that brought again all this kind of shame and stuff. And there's all these books around like conscious parenting and doing this. But all it does is it gives you a list of all the ways that you've, you know, so-called messed up the ways you've done it wrong and then there's all this kind of pressure and it's often on the woman to you know to get everything right and nobody ever says like is she getting her needs met how is she doing nobody really really helps her to be authentic to her now what happens because you're human you end up getting resentful you end up getting frustrated then you get called a martyr then you get and like all of these things we have to be aware of like I really had to look at where I had that where it was in my family and stuff because those things are damaging But the point is she gets it at every angle and 
you know, so it will keep continuing. So yes, we have to look at conscious parenting. Yes, we have to look at child. But like the reason these things keep happening is because your mother probably had to suppress all her needs and her wants. She pretty much had to become non-human, which you can't actually do. And whilst that happens, it's going to affect um, self-esteem. It's going to affect confidence. It's going to affect, you know, being able to regulate your emotions. This isn't to justify, you know, things that happen to us as children. But my point is, unless we actually start looking at roots, nothing will change. So basically what happened with me is of course I didn't realize I had all my own traumas that I hadn't healed and then I had a really trying pregnancy a labor that was really hard then breastfeeding you know I, I was constantly told that you know breastfeeding was best and stuff and again you know I'm all for breastfeeding but it was just like you know if you don't breastfeed then then almost you're like a, a failure and breastfeeding was really hard I really really struggled and I got two, three weeks and I was just in so much pain and I didn't want to give up. So they'd spend all this time telling me that, you know, breastfeeding was the thing to do. And then they were like, oh, um, you know, she's not putting on weight and stuff. You need to put her on a bottle. And I just felt like a failure. And I was just like, and they were like really putting the pressure on me. Um, so then I did like breastfeeding and bottle feeding for like three weeks and then it got to six weeks and I couldn't do it anymore. I was in so much pain. So I give up and put her on, on a bottle and I just felt like the biggest failure. But also I felt like I had to do that. I had no choice because they were basically telling me that I was failing her and she wasn't putting on weight. So I was like, okay, I, I can't do it. And basically I, I just felt like, um, it was, it was all my fault and that I must be doing something wrong. And why is she not putting on weight? And like, you know, what what's, you know, um, wrong with me? Rather than trusting my body and giving us time and trusting that like, you know, babies often don't follow, you know, the charts and stuff when it comes to weight and stuff. And again, I get why those things are there. Um, but like, again, we, we're forgetting that every person's like an individual. And like, again, I get why they're there. I don't know the answer to this to make sure that babies are safe and putting on the weight that they you know, need to and stuff. But basically what happened is we put on a bottle and she still didn't put on weight. You know, so after going through all that and going through all that pain, like I could have just listened to myself and kept going with with the breastfeeding because, you know, it didn't it didn't sort the issues with her weight. Now don't get me wrong, me giving up breastfeeding probably was the right decision because I was exhausted I was struggling but again I remember feeling a failure because I remember people some people around me saying that they'd been breastfeeding like a really long time and um I said oh you know how did you manage how did you keep going with it like I ended up quitting I, I couldn't do it she wasn't putting on weight I was in agony like I didn't get on well like my boobs were literally like black and blue I was in so much pain and exhausted and I remember just like crying and they were like, oh, I'm, I was just determined. Like I decided like I wasn't giving up no matter what, no matter how much pain I was in. And I remember just like crying and thinking, but I was determined. Like, and like, what's wrong with me? Why couldn't I handle it? Why was I like, again, I just felt broken. It just broke me. It, it like shattered me. And I was really, really struggling. And I didn't tell anyone struggling. I remember they get you to fill out a form to check if you've got postnatal depression. And I remember lying because I remember thinking, gosh, if they know how much I'm struggling, um, 
they will tick her off me, which I know looking back now, gosh, I must have been in a really not good head place, but because I'd had trauma and stuff in my past, so I'd had like psychiatric health and stuff in the past, so in my head I thought, you know, if they know I'm struggling and they know my past, they'll take her off me. Um, and I can remember the healthist that used to just turn up unannounced and I felt like she was um, spying on me. And and looking back on reflection, she was probably just watching out for me. But like they, because they kept like, you know, um, invalidating and like, um, I just felt like they're always judging me. So for instance, like I said, with the breastfeeding and stuff and with the weight and stuff, they were always like putting me down and being like, oh, she's not putting on weight. Are you doing this right? Are you doing that right? I just felt like they were constantly judging me. They weren't, I never felt like they were helping me. I never felt like they were supporting me. I just felt like they were just young mom, like putting me down, like, so I couldn't trust them. Um, and what I found out going to other baby groups, like none of the others had, um, it, like the the health visitors didn't just turn up they made an appointment and they arranged it where mine it was like they were checking up on me they would just turn up unannounced um and as I said you know maybe looking back they were just trying to help but all they were doing I felt like was just criticizing me like you know are you feeding her properly are you doing this and I was just like yes I'm feeding her yes I'm doing this like you know she's got colic she keeps throwing up she's not putting on weight um and yeah it was just and as I say she went on a ball still didn't put on weight it was a really really um just I felt broken I felt honestly it makes me I can feel myself tearing up talking about it because I've never talked about it before but it was such a hard time in my life and I didn't have any friends and I didn't have people around me I can remember um we were new to living in Bournemouth at the time, so I didn't really know anyone. And I remember going to a baby group and um, them saying that um, sometimes your baby will cry and sometimes other people's babies will cry. And I was going to this baby yoga and um, I remember one week just breaking down in tears and I said, you said one week it would be my baby and one week it would be somebody else's baby I was like but it's always my baby my baby's always crying she she never stops crying and yeah she just wasn't very well and I didn't have family around me my husband used to um do like a lot of international coaching and stuff and I was new to the area didn't know anyone and the people that I did know I remember I had this friend at the time and my daughter would like kept crying and she and I says oh my gosh like you know she's driving me crazy she won't stop crying and she turned around and said to me she was like yeah she's driving me crazy too I wish she would shut up um she was like my baby doesn't cry all the time and I remember just been like again just feeling like a failure as a mom and not wanting to tell anyone and anyway to go back to this yoga class I remember just breaking down and crying and been like you said to me one week it'd be my baby and one week it would be somebody else, but it's not. It's always mine. And everyone just looking at me, not knowing what to do. And just being like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Um, but it's also the thing that saved me. Because I struggled so much and it affected, like, me and Tony nearly split up. And I would ring him at work, like, really distressed. And obviously he was out on the road, he couldn't, like, answer and stuff. So it just put a massive strain on our marriage. Um... And we'd have like blazing rows and stuff, which I now know is obviously, even though a child will only be a baby, 
one of the things we know now is actually the biggest traumas are usually between like um, zero to two. So actually they do pick up on all of those things. So then they can have more of a, you know, activated nervous system, which can make them even more so-called hard work. So everyone told me how much of hard work of a baby she was. And then I found myself, I was saying that. And then what I remembered is people used to say that about me as a baby and how that affected me all through my childhood. Um, And that, you know, if I was having big emotions, um, like people would make fun of me, like, oh, Kirsty's angry again, Kirsty's having a tantrum again. And I remember that. And I remember thinking, gosh, I don't want to do this to my daughter. So basically what happened is it was, this was the start of me. Um, like she saved me because I, I literally thought, you know, I don't want her to go through what I went through. So I was like, I don't want, I never wanted to feel the way I felt. I never want her to feel you know, the way I felt as a child, I never wanted her to feel like the hatred that I felt towards myself. So I was like, I need to sort myself out. So I actually, you know, started like inquiring and, you know, I went down different kind of therapies and stuff, which to be honest, most of them didn't work because it didn't have a mind, body, soul approach, which I believe is, is what we need and to follow our own intuition. And all of them was telling me again, you know, what I should do, like, this is what I should do. Nobody ever said, like, to trust yourself. Nobody ever taught me to start, you know, learning, you know, um, how to love myself and why I didn't feel enough and about programming and stuff. And this is the motherhood one. Like, if you look at your um, mom and stuff, like, did she ever feel enough? Did she ever feel worthy? Did she ever love herself? Did she ever follow her dreams? Or was she constantly told who she should be and what made her good? Um, Because that you know, hurts her. And then if it hurts her, it's going to have an impact, you know, on, 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 on your kids. And this is why we have to break that shit. But what happens is, you know, I know what happened for me is I was just trying to make things better for my child, but I spent a long time bypassing my own needs. I was just trying to correct everything that I didn't have, which you see a lot, people trying to give their child what they didn't have. Um, or they do other unconscious, unhealthy things. And if we aren't helping, you know, um, dads too, you know, regardless of gender, if we aren't helping people be authentic to themselves, we cause trauma. We just fucking do because their soul knows and like this, that they're being inauthentic to themselves. So it will wake them up and remind them, but particularly moms, you know, or whoever's the main caregiver, but you know, for a lot of us, that's the moment it was for me. Like I was the main caregiver of children. As I say, my husband worked away a lot and like that just wasn't really acceptable. Like your whole life becomes about this, this child. And, but it, it it saved me because I was just like, I need, I need to start learning to, um, you know, take care of myself and, and, and love myself. And I honestly think if I'd never had my daughter, I wouldn't still be here because I didn't know for a long time, you know, as I say, I knew about sexual trauma, but I didn't know that I was having, a, you know, all these traumas and that's why I would react sometimes the way I did and why I would struggle. But then here's the thing, because sometimes you react really, really badly to things, um, you end up attracting like really unhealthy relationships and then you think you deserve them because of the way you've reacted. And this is why nothing changes and stuff because your behavior's you know been unhealthy so you tend to attract unhealthy people or anybody healthy is like I'm not putting up with that which rightly so boundaries are so important it actually doesn't help the person if 
you allow them to accept that because you just think that's normal so then that becomes dysfunctional anyway there's a whole thing and you know I often wasn't nice I was often like really not very nice to my husband because and it doesn't justify but because I was struggling so 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 much and I just felt broken but my daughter saved me in the fact that you know I was saying to this to a friend um you know as I say I don't think I would be here if I hadn't had my daughter because um because as I say because I had all these traumas and stuff that I wasn't aware of what I used to do before you know um meeting my husband and having my daughter and I feel like I was meant to have her to literally to as I say to save me and to wake me up until I learned to save myself and now obviously now I'm in this place where I'm like let's fucking end generational trauma let's not do this and it's really come up because my daughter's like been suffering recently with stuff and um we know now because a lot of the trauma happens when she's little and I I look at my daughter and I have to you know really forgive myself because I couldn't help you know what had happened but I look now and like unconsciously there would have been a lot of trauma for her when she was a child because I couldn't regulate my emotions I you know I was a mess when she was you know a baby and um you know I can and now we're like really working you know to you know help her with struggles and stuff that she has and this is why this move's been really good for us it's also been really really hard because all the change has been hard on her but I also know it's super healthy so sometimes you know things take a you know a minute (laughs) to sort themselves out but um what I was saying to my friend is like you know um before I met my husband and before I had my daughter I would just um I you know really didn't know how many struggles there were and how unhealthy a lot of my behaviors and stuff were and I remember I used to go out like on a Thursday Friday Saturday night and I would go out and get really drunk and stuff and I I drank to you know get pissed you know like um I guess to forget and you know I wasn't one of these people that got you know absolutely you know politic but like I I would get really drunk but like um you know, didn't take a lot. But the point is, it was just really, really unhealthy. And I honestly think if I'd never met my husband and never had my daughter, that I would have just drunk myself into oblivion one night. And like, you know, um, sounds like um, dramatic, but it's just, just my truth. I think I would have like thrown myself off a bridge or something, or something would have happened to me. Because I didn't want to face any of my pain. I didn't want to face any of it. And I honestly think, like, God, divine, whatever you want to call it, um, introduced me to my husband. Because I wasn't looking for him. If you've ever heard me talk about the story, I was like, I don't want a man. Like, you know, can't be done with, man, can't be done with that shit. I wasn't looking. I was in complete surrender, let it go. And then I met Tony. And I actually met him because, in all honesty, I was running away. So basically what had happened, I was so unhappy with, with my life up north and what I realized now is because there was so much trauma up north I needed to get away and that was actually I didn't realize at the time what it was me running away but it was also I guess my soul um trusting that it knew it needed to get away and it wasn't in the healthiest way that I did it I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time but it was also it was obviously taking me somewhere it was obviously leading me to to my husband um and what happens is um I literally at like 19 I decided to take a flight go to Tenerife and go work out there just went on my own anyway I met a girl out there um and basically 
to cut a long story short, she ended up introducing me to Tony, but down south. So I'd, I went to Tenerife for a bit, came back, and was still struggling. And she basically said, come and live with me down south. Um, so I went and moved and um, with her in Weymouth. And that's how I met my husband. And I was literally only there a few days when I met my husband. And we weren't together very long. And we had my daughter. Our relationship went very, very quick. Um, I think, because again, I didn't realize at the time, and this is actually, um, this is quite common with people who've had trauma and stuff, their relationships move very quickly. There can often be a lot of codependency and stuff there. We'd all often realize it, but it did. Like we moved in together, like after six weeks. Now, to be fair, I wouldn't have planned to do that. It's because I moved in with my friend, as I say, Weymouth, and she decided to go around traveling and I wasn't ready to go up north. So we ended up just moving in together. We got married after just over a, a year together. And, um, we, and as I said, we found out two weeks before we were getting married that I was pregnant. Um, but we did, she was actually planned, um, to be fair, but in my head I was like, oh, you know, it'll take ages. And it was really strange because I'd always joked that I never wanted a child. And then I just had this urge. I was like, I want to have a baby, which again, probably wasn't the healthiest thing. Um, but you know, we decided to, to have her, um, and like, and again, talking about gaslighting and being ignored, I knew something was wrong because I really wasn't feeling well. Um, so I went to the doctors because I knew we were flying out to get married. And I went to the doctors and like said, I'm really, really not feeling well. Something doesn't feel right. Now, normally the first thing a doctor will do is like, could you be pregnant? But he didn't do any of that. And actually he gave me um, a medication which would have been really dangerous to take when I was pregnant. And I went to um, the chemist to get this prescription. And... Um, and it's really crazy because we'd actually, as I say, we we weren't using contraception because we decided, oh, let's, you know, have a baby, <laughs> which clearly like not thought it through because I was clearly not ready to have a baby, but I was clearly meant to or it wouldn't have happened. And I'm just so grateful, you know, like, as I say, my daughter saved me and like just the one of the best things I've ever done um, in, in my life, but also the hardest thing being a mother has been the hardest thing as I said it's nearly broken me also saved me changed my life um but I wouldn't recommend it I have to say if you've got any trauma um although you will also get through it and you're wildly capable I did you know um but it, it is hard I'm not gonna pretend it's not um so I went to the chemist to get this prescription and this you know chemist which clearly was an angel, clearly was a starseed, clearly somebody tapped into her intuition, just looked at me and said to me, don't take it. She was like, you're pregnant. Didn't say, do you want to take a pregnancy test? Have you considered you could be pregnant? She literally said to me, you are pregnant. She was obviously a witch, i.e. somebody who's in tune with their intuition. And she says, and I'll never forget it. And this is where there's a lot of truth in listening to your intuition and some of these superstitions that we hear. She was like, I can tell by your eyes. They're like glazed up, which I still don't get to this to this day. She was like, you're pregnant, dear. <laughs> like pretty much. And I was like, ah. Oh. And the penny dropped. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I was so like, Rush bought this pregnancy kiss. And she was like, you can't take this if you're pregnant. And again, this doctor just like ignored, like written off like what I was saying, all my symptoms. And again, I'm sure it was very innocent, didn't mean, you know. But this is why I sometimes struggle to trust doctors and stuff because my experience hasn't been good. And I, again, you have to be careful not to take your trauma into the future because just because you had bad experience in the past doesn't mean everyone's like that. But 
they're also human and they they do mess up and they do you know gaslight people and don't listen to people and people um put signs before intuition and we're all individual beings and you know we I, I believe our intuition is wiser than any science and also I think science can be manipulated you change the um you know who's being tested and stuff you change the environment you can get very different results and I think it can be manipulated to get a, a desirable result to push people into making a certain decision anyway that's a tangent but that's how I feel about that um and so just all these times like it just wasn't um in tune wasn't um you know listening listening to to my body and the point is you know um when I really really started learning to trust myself and started looking at all the different ways that I had self-sabotaged in my life i.e., not trusting myself not listening to my body not listening to those gut feelings um not trusting um my desires like that's all the motherhood wound you know um and it's also like you know I did an episode I can't remember when it was like talking about the witch wound which is about like being literally you know whether physically or metaphorically speaking like burn for being in, in true to ourselves again authentic to ourselves and again, this, of course, this happens regardless of gender, but it, it particularly happens to us women. And we have to stop bypassing that. And for me, um, as I said, parenting like just nearly broke me, but it also saved me because it was the thing that got me on the path. I wouldn't be the coach. I wouldn't be the healer. I, I wouldn't, you know, be the person I am. I wouldn't be so good at what I do. Um without of becoming a mom without these experiences it woke me the fuck up it was my awakening um nothing will wake you up like having a a child will it will bring up all your stuff like relationships do but the parenting hood particularly does it because you know it's it's all around the clock you know like you know of, of course you may have time off you know if you have childcare and if you have you know some parents or family or somebody that will help you but on the whole you know it's not something you can clock in and clock out of so no matter how much you're struggling no matter what you're going through you've got to take care of this child and um but when you haven't dealt with your own trauma what happens is you're trying to to take care of this child's needs but your inner child is screaming at the same time and then what happens is society doesn't mean to but it basically makes it all about the child, which, as I said, that is so, 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 so important because we don't, if we don't take care of the child's needs, this will keep happening. But like, if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not helping the parent, that's going to rub off onto the child. You know, if that parent's struggling with, um, you know, regulating their emotions, if they, you know, if they're having any sort of struggle, of course, you know, we know this, you know, if you're around somebody that, you know, is, you know, always, um, you know, if you've been around somebody and you come when you feel really drained and stuff, like, we pick up on energy because we're an independent species, we can't survive, you know, on our own. So my point is, when we start really, really just 
looking at our stuff and we start relearning everything around like what we've been taught around things like conflict so you know in healthy relationships there is a such thing as healthy conflict because if if there's never a conflict somebody's probably not living in their truth but we got taught to be good to be to please to be nice to not have boundaries to basically abandon ourselves but that shit will eventually start roaring and we will start feeling not enough and we'll start feeling resentful. Like that impacts our children. That impacts how we parent. Like, and it causes this self-sabotaging unconsciously. Like I, I caught myself actually. So we've just moved here. Had this like big, you know, um, up level. And I found myself physically feeling really tired and exhausted. Now those normal things when you've had a big change and shift, Right. And obviously I took some time out for the podcast, which was really good, really self-loving, really me kind of like being in my trust. But then afterwards, I still found myself like, "Mm," you know, just like really, really um, like kind of low on energy. And I realized actually, I was like, oh, my body is like literally, you know, almost like self-sabotaging, like self-protecting me from like um, fully going for everything I want, fully showing up because it's so conditioned that it's bad to have everything you want like we're so now like you know literally on the blink of so many things like all the things that I wanted so like the way my marriage has shifted and stuff like you know we're breaking down kind of like all the traumas and stuff and really trying to consciously parent and really working with you know my daughter and her needs but again I wouldn't have made this move if I was just focusing on my kids, one of the reasons that it took me so long to move was because I was so worried about how it would impact the kids, even though it was really, really not good for me. And then I had to be willing to take that leap and work out all these challenges and stuff. But like to society, that makes me a bad, selfish human, you know? And I did, I felt this um, guilt when we moved and she, you know, she has struggled with the school move, even though... I know it's like, you know, in so many ways, the perfect school for her. Um, and it's just, and maybe not kind of like in um, in the way that you would necessarily think, but just, I believe this is, I don't know, I can't really explain it, but I just really feel like um, on a soul level, there's going to be, you know, like so, certain experiences in your life that even though they were hard, if they hadn't have happened, um, other things wouldn't have happened, kind of like that. But my point is I wouldn't have done that if I was still, I would have kept um, sabotaging myself. I would have kept not listening to myself. I would have kept this motherhood wound going around um, unconscious parenting, around self-sacrifice, um not taking care of my needs and not knowing how to take care of my daughter's needs in healthy ways without going into enmeshment, codependency stuff. So I guess what I want to really, really say is look at where you're unconsciously maybe self-sabotaging yourself, like not going for the things you want. Without shaming yourself or blaming yourself, look at where you struggle to feel worthy of the things you want, where you think you know, won't happen for you. And then look at um, how you feel activated in parenting or how you sometimes feel activated in your relationships or with your parents and stuff. 
And one of the things that can be really powerful to do is to um, write a letter to, um, you know, particularly your mom or your parents. Not a letter that you will send, but just to really, really share all your experiences and like um, for you to just write your truth of all the traumas and stuff and like really this like letting go and then you can like burn it. You don't actually have to send it. But just you you rewrite history in doing that. And I don't mean, of course, you can't go back and change the past, but like going forward, you really come into your own and you really start looking at your kind of like um, what I call like the shadow stuff. And if you're interested, I'm doing a masterclass this in the more membership. I'd highly, highly, if any of this stuff is resonating, you get your butt into the membership. And, you know, if you're in a position to also look at my awakening packages or any of my one-to-one stuff, I've got a, a really, I've got something else coming as well that's really exciting. But just look at any of my work, if any of this is resonating with you. If you ever suffer with like feeling of you know, self-worth stuff, you ever find yourself, you know, self-sabotaging. If you ever find you get activated with um, relationships or with family stuff. Because relationships are the things that, you know, will often break us, destroy us, but they can all, they're also the very things to heal us. When we learn how to cultivate healthy relationships, when we learn how to create what I call win-win situations, which is what the masterclass is on coming up in my membership. It's on the shadow work, subconscious, creating win-wins. Also, there's a masterclass on like um, how your intuition and stuff works so that you can start actually fucking trusting yourself so you can start really really living authentic to you and I didn't do that most of my life not consciously but you know this gets thrown around a lot like living authentic to you and it's like well what does that even effing mean because it's not um a tick off thing authenticity isn't something like it isn't something like you're just authentic authenticity is a fucking practice every day of choosing to be true to yourself getting to know yourself like getting to know thyself like what is the things that activate you what is the the things that gets under your skin what is um your desires what are the things that you've told yourself you can't have what are the things you wronged yourself where do you find yourself you know not showing up and self-sabotaging and showing up isn't always doing more by the way it's 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 like the ways and stuff we we play small um and sometimes it's actually um we're not showing up when we're doing a lot sometimes that can be high functioning anxiety you know sometimes the showing up is in stillness of of trusting ourselves of, of like feeling the fear and stuff rising up and sometimes showing up is doing the damn thing the point is you'll only know that by building up this self-trust, by tapping into your intuition, by looking at your, your shadow stuff. You know, your shadow stuff is, is, is your habits. It's, it's, it's your beliefs. It's, um, you know, your desires. And when I say shadow, people think of it as this like bad or dark stuff. Yes, it can be the stuff that we've been conditioned as dark. Um, if you want to know more about that, listen to the podcast episode, Conscious Manifestation, Dark Desires or, at least so-called dark desires it's looking at all of that and it's looking how we can now going forward create win-win situations create healthy relationships you know where we can we can realize that we won't always show up in life in the most healthiest ways we won't always have the most healthiest behavior sometimes we will actually notice ourselves sabotaging ourselves we'll notice our behavior isn't the healthiest and we will still do it anywhere because of conditioning because of program because of self-sabotaging which as i say aka is self-protecting you're trying to protect yourself from you know um 
it sounds like such a cliche being who you were born to be because on some level you were you believe either you're not worthy or it won't happen for you or you think it's bad or you're trying to protect yourself um from pain because you know you, you've experienced pain for and you don't know the other side of it all sometimes some of us know is trauma is um the wild is there is chaos for some of us I know for me you know like one of the things I'm manifesting at the moment is things don't always need to be so wild um and also being accepting that you know sometimes life is wild like I say it's kind of been wild with my experience with my daughter now and I did a podcast episode on creating this internal shift but I just see it very differently now because I really work with my resistance and all my conditioning of how I think it should be and the the really pivotal moments in my life have often came after you know when my emotions were like really big and really heavy and something changed and manifest because often what happens is when we're going through that we're actually going through a real rebirth things are changing like we're literally um alchemizing I don't know if alchemizing is the right word but like um trauma is no longer in charge you know like I don't know if I will ever get rid of all of my trauma but I know um I have used a lot of it and alchemized a lot of it and healed a lot of it but I don't know if I will ever get rid of all of it and that's a part of like loving myself that I don't I realize I don't need to I can just be where I am accept where I am and also I know that I can create so much um joy and fulfillment and love where I'm at and have healthy relationships with all my um funky and unhealthy stuff that comes up and with all my unconscious stuff that comes up because anybody that I love what Dr Shafani says about like you know if you're a really conscious person you'll realize that you're often unconscious i.e don't realize how much you're doing things on autopilot out of fear so my point is like all of us all of us do that and and the reason that I can know that you get to have a life of just joy and fulfillment and all these things is because I've done it because I can say that I have so much joy and love and happiness in my heart and I I still have pain and stuff there but it doesn't stop me in in fact I think this is one of the big misconceptions that you have to get rid of all that like it's just that I'm I'm no longer afraid of it so I, I feel so much on a regular basis so much joy and so much pleasure and I also have you know days because I'm human because we're supposed to I have days when I get sad I get days when I get angry because that's literally my intuition that's literally my GPS like if I didn't I couldn't access joy and pleasure and stuff because like there would be no um I guess the best way to explain it is difference like um you know the reason we feel things like sadness and stuff is because it's basically saying not this this is not for me this is not my truth so it shows us what our truth is so the point is we don't have to keep suffering we don't have to keep being in emotional pain like you get to have a life that really really nourishes you but what we need to do is not put like um joy and things like that and pleasure on a pedestal of like that's the thing first we have to be willing to face all the other stuff we have to recognize that 
that whenever we're like really struggling, we're often in a awakening where it's telling us to be true to ourselves, to look at any motherhood wound stuff, whether it's the way you're parenting or, you know, stuff that happened to you, whether you're aware of it or not, that really cause you to, you know, put up with certain things in relationships or cause you to not live true to you or cause you to not trust yourself or to cause you to just operate in survival or cause you to avoid conflict or go the other way, always like be in fight mode and always be reactive and stuff. Because you actually don't have to keep operating out of that. You really, 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 really don't. Like, you know, you just, you just don't. But you have to, the thing that I'm going to say is you have to choose it. The reason my life changed is because I made that decision, like, with my daughter, as I say, she broke me, not her particularly, but just my own trauma and parenting broke me, not because of anything she did, because of my own stuff. But, like, parenting was the thing that, you know, broke me, it saved me, it made me think I've got to sort this out. Um, because I had something else to fight for. and um, But the thing is, that's also not sustainable. What I will say is you have to start willing to fight for you and decide that you've got to do it for you because otherwise it's unhealthy and that's not good for your relationships. Like You've got to have your own autonomy. You've got to have your own life outside of, um, you know, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with your kids and stuff. You have to have something for you because it's like not healthy. So as I say, it was the thing that broke me, it was the thing that saved me, but it was also the thing that woke me up. And whether you have children or not, that's what your relationships will do if you allow them. So you have to pay attention. You have to let the relationships and the unhealthy stuff go. And that means you have to be willing to be brave. You have to look at your self-sabotaging stuff where you aren't really taking care of yourself without judging yourself, without wronging yourself, bringing so much love, support, um compassion so much grace you know taking each day like one day at a time knowing you don't have to do all these big to-do lists of things like the little things that you do add up my journey very much started you know very different to now like you know it, it, it literally was just like I for me it started with just listening to audibles because I was so exhausted and I couldn't the thought of doing anything else was too much. You know, if anybody's ever had like um, really bad depression, you'll know you often just don't have any energy. And that's why often we, you, you don't get better because you you feel shit, you're too exhausted to do anything about it. And then also you, often you feel so um, low self-worth, you don't think you're worthy of that. Like, you'll believe all the conditioning. You know, if you've been around people that have, whether consciously or unconsciously, always told you that you're not enough, you start believing that shit, you know? and it's why I sell audios on on my site there's a come home to your audio you can check that out you also get it free with a membership or listen to anything that resonates again listen to your intuition you can go on youtube find stuff but I literally just started off like listening to stuff listening to things like affirmations things that I was told wouldn't work but they fucking did why it wasn't because there was anything magical about these affirmations it was because that was what my intuition guided to me to yours might be something else yours might be binging this podcast it, it could be speaking to a friend it could be booking with a counselor it could be booking in with me it could be joining my membership like it everybody's path is different trust your path trust your process but the point is if you're listening to this get fucking ready and choose to actually create a life on your terms like literally choose it every single day notice any shame notice any things that come up 
and just take care of you, especially if you have kids, because you, I, I, because let's fucking end this, let's fucking end this, you know, unhealthy stuff, like, that's what I'm doing, and I don't want to fucking do it on my own, and I know I'm not doing it on my own, if you've listened this far, then you're somebody that is also willing to change things on a personal level but also on a collective level but before you can do it on a collective level you have to do it in your life and when you do it in your life it ripples out which means you have to learn about things like having boundaries healthy conflict how we go into fight fight freeze fall you have to learn about all these things you have to learn about um your emotions and your nervous system and working with your resistance these things don't happen overnight we can have shifts you know overnight and and very quickly as I said there was pivotal moments in my life one of them was you know motherhood one of them was I as I, I always coin it my choose to rise moment where I realized I couldn't do this anymore um one of them was coming out as bisexual another one was deciding to write the book even though um I haven't birthed it into the world that opened up something in me And I have no idea when it's going to be out actually now because just more stuff keeps coming through and I'm actually not in a rush to get it out anymore Um, because for me, it's now so much bigger. It's so much bigger than a book. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a book out, um, you know, but it's also very ego, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We need to work, I think, but for now, it's become so much bigger. This has now become about changing my life from a past that was very often dark and changing it in my own personal life and then rippling that out so I have to live it and that's literally what I'm doing at the moment that's literally what I do with this with this podcast I literally look at all the stuff that comes up you know in my life and I use it as like this fertilizer to just create this really nourishing life not that life always feels nourishing you know sometimes life humbles us but just to live this really beautiful, intentional life. I've been going a while, so I'm going to um, leave it there. But as I say, if any of this, you know, is calling you, um, do check out my website or contact me. You can also follow me on social media. I just finished up a free um, challenge that I did on Instagram called Emotional Everything. Check that out. Um, I've got a free Facebook group. We're doing um, a free masterclass later in October um all about embracing your inner witch which is listening to your intuition super 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 important and if you want to go deep if you want if you're ready to do the work um join me in my membership join me and um if you've enjoyed this please do share it or leave me a review on apple um podcasts because it really helps this reach more people and i truly truly believe that the, the more people doing this work, the more people having these conversations, we'll just have a radically different world. We'd have a much more loving world. We'd have a much more abundant world. People would having be having healthier relationships, really stepping into their authenticity. Um, our, there just wouldn't be as much mental health stuff. There, there wouldn't be as much child trauma. Everything would get better. So if you can do share this and I hope you have a wonderful day or evening depending on when you're listening to this and I will speak to you next week. Namaste.